0: family. Welcome to a special edition of the Flyover Conservatives podcast. Our slogan here at Flyover Conservatives is wake up, speak up and show up. We all wanted President Trump to do 80 million things to yeah. save our country. And what we've learned over these last couple of years, what we really need is 80 million of us doing one thing every single day to save our own country.
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you're going to be doing one thing each day to save your own country... You need to know what you're doing, which means you True. need the best advisors possible in every area of your life when it comes to your your health, when it comes to your children's education, uh, even areas of your faith. When it comes to your finances, mm-hmm. for sure, to be able to make intelligent decisions on your own uh, and take a responsibility for your own outcomes. Now, there's a guy we've known for 25 years. We knew him before he even had his first college degree. Yep. And then I uh, finished that and then got a. PhD. Then he got a, another PhD. And that education has never been more relevant than it is right now because one of them is in economics. And when it comes to understanding global politics, to things happening in the world, uh, you need great advisors. And that's what today's show is all about because we're going to do a deep dive with the one, the only Dr. Kirk Elliott.
0: Welcome to Flyover Conservative Podcast with David and Stacy Whited, where we break down current events and examine culture through the lens of conservative Christian values.
1: When our son Colton is, is I don't know if he's, he, he'd been on his own for a few years, and it's right around the time he got married, you know, and then um, we, we had breakfast every week and we kind of meet and kind of sync up and how's it going in your life and kind of, you know, what, you know, things he had heard in the past also now applied in a right. different yeah, level a now, that, now that life no longer playing with like Nerf bullets, it's like real bullets, you know, and what's going on and this kind of stuff. But he made the comment to me, he said, you know, it never made sense to me until now, but growing up, I always kind of wondered how we were doing. He says, because sometimes I felt like we were rich because we would do a nice thing or we would take a trip or we would do a thing. And in my mind, I'm like, we must be doing pretty good. And then other times based on things you would say no to or you thought was ridiculous or you wouldn't pay that much for something, I thought we were poor. Mm. And he goes he goes, "So I was wondering if we were rich or we were poor." I he goes, "I really didn't know." He goes, "Because if I would have had the money to do something, I would have said yes to it." And the mm-hmm. idea of having the money to say yes but not saying yes, that, I that didn't discipline. it didn't make sense mm-hmm. when I was like in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and you know, how could we have money but say no, I'm not going to I'm not going to get the extra whatever that's or, or that's ridiculous because some things I'd be like, that's <laughs> day, right I'm not going to pay that much money for that yeah. because it's not a value right? or, or that's not in our, our budget to do. I could afford to do it, but I'm saying no now for a future. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that idea didn't really kind of sink in until he started like, oh,
0: managing I, his own money,
1: managing his own money. He's like, oh, well, I want to do this nice thing. So it means I better say no here. But you can't say yes to everything.
0: That's, oh, that's so it. It can't be all yeses.
1: And as
2: parents, we want to. Always, this is hard for parents mm-hmm. to do. It really is. When your kids want something, you love them so much, and it's I just, I just want to get them that little thing, right? It's
0: like Joe with that hamburger.
2: It is. It's like, like it Joe with a hamburger. With the hamburger. <laughs> yeah, and and I'm a
0: softie, and I always yeah.
2: generally give in. But but <laughs> my daughter, my daughter was telling me just a few weeks ago. She said, "Dad, I'm I'm so glad that that you didn't actually give us everything, mm-hmm. and you taught us delayed gratification because." That's she now has that today, and she understands yeah. the value of money. And they learn that the hard way, like all of sure. us do. Like my son, I can remember stories when when he was young, and he always wanted something, and he was saving up for it. And without fail, he'd go to the gas station. It's like, I want this gum. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well, you, why are you spending a dollar fifty on a pack of gum?
0: Right. It's
2: like, aren't you saving up for a baseball glove or whatever? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I just want this. Oh, and then okay. you get all this candy and it's like, then he never could get what the, he really yeah. wanted because the, the shiny, attractive <gasps> nuisance, the sparkly thing would always get him. Yep. Right. But he learned,
3: exactly. he learned
2: after a few times. It was like, I'm never getting what I really want <laughs> because I, I those are don't great wait. lessons. I know it's so great, but, but it's sad when you don't learn those yeah. as young and you go into adulthood and you still haven't gotten out of that mindset because your parents never taught you that.
0: Yep.
2: Right. And and that's what we have to deal with. I think a lot of our politicians, mm-hmm. their parents never taught them They never them taught that,
0: them.
2: Obviously. Yep. Because and they're not
0: dealing with their own money. They're dealing with all of our money. Yeah. yeah it's a lot easier to spend mm-hmm. somebody else's money. Mm-hmm. It's
1: easy to spend somebody else's money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and especially when it comes to politicians because their yes is kind of what does get them reelected. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, I think some parts of that system, you know, are are kind of flawed. Mm-hmm. You know, part of it is the way that we're also programmed as people to be like, "Well, I want them to get elected; you're not cut back on anything that I want." Mm-hmm. Right? You know, I mean, I they need to quit spending, but there will not be a pothole on my street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. or you know, whatever the thing is. Right. So let's so talk about in game because you're you know, ultimately what what you're about is not about a transaction. You develop relationships with people for life. Mm-hmm. Correct. And so you're kind of picking up where their parents left off a little bit, you know, and you're <laughs> advising and, and working them through these things. But ultimately the goal is, you know, you can't eat gold and silver, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're, you know, it's not going to keep you warm on a cold winter night or any of these things, you know? And so it's like, uh, the goal of life isn't, Hey, can I have a bunch of gold and silver? The goal in life is like, you know, a eventually I want to be self-sustaining at a point where maybe I can't physically produce income. I mean, there's some version of that talk about the end game a little bit, how you kind of work people towards like, what is the real goal here? Well, there's, there's two different end games. Mm -hmm. You've got the government's
2: end game and you've got our end game, you know? So our end game should simply be, we, we need enough so we can live comfortably, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: not excessively comfortably, but that doesn't mean that God wants you poor. Right. Right. Again, the whole how does money fit into your framework? Mm-hmm. So he, he wants you to live an abundant lifestyle, an abundant mindset, and don't get abundance mixed up with things mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because abundance means that you have what you need and then you have and a enough. ton to give away. That's good. Right. Which is why I encourage people to live on 70 percent of their income mm-hmm. so they have enough to give,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know. So so but here's. If you don't give, you're never going to have enough. Mm. You're it just never going to have. Period. It starts there, period, and it's a mindset,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? When when you're a giver, it's like I've got plenty, and I need to give more away. When you're not a giver, it's like I'm always seeking more and more and more and more, and, and you just never have enough, mm-hmm. right? It's weird how God plants that in, yeah. into our minds. So the end game, David, is is simply let's get through. Let's get through life and maximize each and every day.
3: Mm,
2: okay. The only way you can maximize a future is to maximize each and every day. Because mm. people always say, oh, I want this great retirement, and I just want to sit back on the beach and do nothing. Well, for me, it's like, all right, that whole concept of retirement, I'm, I'm never going to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean I, I don't know if that's a actually a biblical concept in <laughs> right. anyways, right? It's like God created us to produce. Yeah. He created us to change lives. He created us to be world changers. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing that, it's it's not work. Mm-hmm. Right? So so I'm never going to stop, right? But but getting to the point where you're not driven by money is truly the end game. Where you keep working even though you don't need the income. That's what I want to get people to.
0: That's huge. That's well, one yeah. thing about the, the
1: millionaire next door. Most yeah. most millionaires still work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I just think it's really interesting. Um, you know, we work a lot with Clay Clark, and he had an opportunity to speak with a man, a Jewish man, who was talking about um, how they work. Like, they are people that work st- six days a week, and they never retire. Mm-hmm. And um, he said that work for... Uh, for him is actually worship. So when he's wor- when he's working, it's worship unto the Lord. And so it retirement would be a sin because therefore you're you're stopping the worship. Right. I thought, "What a great perspective." You know, so no matter what it is that somebody does for a living, you know, that is an act of worship. So therefore it's no longer really about the money. It's about you're worshiping the Lord with your work.
2: Yeah. I mean, I agree with that wholeheartedly.
0: And, and and retirement's never been good for people anyway. You see, a lot of times people retire and then they die.
2: They waste away because they they're do. not doing what they were created, called, anointed and gifted to yeah. do. And they just wither away into nothing. It's like they just get, they bore themselves to death. Exactly. Right? It's like keep doing. And the people that I know that are really old and really active are still healthy yep. and vibrant and they're active in their minds. And
1: it's like, man, I can't believe that they're, like, 94.
3: Right. Yeah.
2: I mean, th- you, that's the kind of – it's like, yep.
1: wow. And, yeah, I can talk to people, like, that we went to high school with sometimes. You know, in a grand – I'm not, like, you know, a spring chicken. But but I'll talk to them, like, they're, they're almost – sometimes they're almost dead mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's no goal. There's no right. – other than, oh, dude, man, we – like, they'll talk about a trip they took as, like, a good moment, but there's
0: mm-hmm. – there's Without not a, vision, the people perish. Yeah, it's
1: like it, – like you're. There's nothing like I love, we love table rock and taking our kids, our grandkids yeah, and going on fun. the lake and doing this kind of thing. But like, you know, you have to have a bigger vision for your life than to like not do anything for three days right. or not do anything for a week. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's like God created Adam and put him in a garden and he got to work,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and I don't even necessarily know what heaven's going to look like, but heaven can't look like some glorified version of the lockdowns. You know, just with gold streets.
0: That wasn't good for anyone. No, it wasn't. Just, it was to People are well, like, I, I gained how, weight during how, that time. You how know? many?
1: How many movies can you watch? <laughs> right. You know, how many? How much can you can you watch? Like a whole the whole a whole season of Lost or something. You know, in, in and in a weekend, it's like okay, good. But then at some point, you are like, I want to go out. Like you know, stick my head out the door like a gopher. You know, and it's like, hey, there is light out here. And like you know, you want to like, what can I do? Right. You know, and it, most people feel better like. You mow the lawn and there's like straight lines. You're like, yeah, that feels pretty good. Or, you know, some version you of that. Something. Yeah, you like, you know, hey, I I I I did something mm-hmm. today, you know. Yeah. You kind of feel it is it feels better to do than to not do. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, we get a thing, you know, where our work is just something we have to do. Like, I'm gonna do as little as possible. I don't want to get fired. You and know, try to get and,
0: paid as much as I can.
1: And some boss is gonna pay you as little as they can so you don't quit. And there's like right. this adversarial relationship but you don't necessarily attach it to worship
0: where
1: mm-hmm. a reflection of who you are, you know, it's like, well, if they paid me more. I would do better around here versus like, how about just do better? Cause that's who you are and just become so good. They can't afford you anymore. And you just keep moving on. Like, but the idea of work being, uh, you know, a, an act of worship. Mm-hmm. Well, do everything as if unto the
2: Lord. Yeah. Right. So, so people who are complaining about their work all the time, it's like, you're not viewing it right yep. because there's a principle in the, in the scriptures of, God will not give you more than what you can handle, mm-hmm. right? Um, you're not going to be rewarded if he can't trust you with the small things. You're right. never going to get the big things. Yep. So do the small jobs with everything you've got, and then you're going to advance. and You'll mm-hmm. get a bigger job. Mm-hmm. Then you'll get a bigger job, right? If you're always grumbling and complaining and not doing – you're never going to really advance through life yeah. and get to this end game of freedom. I mean that's what it really is. When, when you get to work and you don't care about making money because you've already – made what you need and you just work because you love what you're doing that is truly the end game and that's ultimate freedom right right? where the the government's end game is anti-freedom The government's end game and what we're seeing now with the great reset and everything else is complete control of you what you spend your money on how you think getting rid of private capital in the banks having you do an end run around that to go directly to the government for your assistance right Mm -hmm. i mean this is what they want Yep. It's opposite of freedom. So we just take that opposite spirit and run with it because this is how God created us with an end game in mind of complete freedom, freedom in our minds, freedom economically,
3: mm-hmm.
2: freedom with our friends, freedom with of your time. Mm-hmm. And what do you do with it? I, I believe that God will show you what Mm -hmm. to do with it each and every day because he will want you to maximize every single day so you can maximize the future. No way you can maximize the future if you're not maximizing every single day.
0: I remember you saying, uh, we saw a little kid, maybe like a six-year-old, you know, run across the room. Like they were just standing here, just talking. And all of a sudden they just ran across the room to go do something else, to go play with their toys or whatever. And you said, you just don't see adults do that very much. And I said, why is that, do you think? And you said, because they're debt-free. You know, I just thought, I mean, more people, if you didn't have that stress of finances and yeah. debt and all of that, I got to do this because I got to have this money because I got to pay this bill, you know, because I got to pay this credit card. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the stress of that on your life.
1: Yeah. And a lot of it's debt. And people make choices mm-hmm. in debt that they wouldn't have otherwise. I think the pandemic really, you know, magnified that because you hear about some of these, you know uh, – we, we had on a guy the other day, and he did a, a documentary called called Fluvid-19. And basically, he's like, this co- correlation between flu numbers went to zero and COVID numbers went up. And it, it's full of these clips I sort of forgot about. One of them's a lady with a camera, and she's talking to a pharmacist. And he's like, hey, can you show me the insert of what's all in the vaccine? And he's like, yeah. And he opens it up, and it's just, you know, it's this big, but it's blank.
0: Mm-hmm. And, he's,
1: and, and the pharmacist, and he, was taken back. he was like, this is, this is wrong. Really? It's just, he was shocked. But he's given vaccines just as, you know, like this. Mm-hmm. And he's like, because I, I, I got to call and find out what, because actually, she goes, actually, I knew that was going to be blank, but I wanted to know uh, why are are you doing Well, this is, I ha, this is, I that's have to, me this to is do. what they told me to do. And I'm going to find out why that's not in there. He goes, I guess, she goes, but why are you still giving the vaccines if you don't know what's in there? And he goes, but I shouldn't be, nobody should be. He goes, I got to find out what's in here, but I, this is what they told me and this is what I had to do. And was, he's in his, he's very nervous. His he's hands are fidgety. Nervous. It's right. a part of this documentary. And I know that there's a lot of, 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 of nurses, you know, in that mm-hmm. situation that was like, I don't, you know, in doctors, I don't know if this remdesivir is, is playing out well. And mm-hmm. like the, 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 the Fauci procedure, a lot of people noticed there was a problem with the protocol inside the hospital and the outcomes they were getting early. But I noticed something else myself. When you saw doctors speak out, they were white haired doctors. They were older doctors, you know, and, and I think th-
0: there, there's gotta be a loans. thing. It's
1: like, man, you know what? You're, you're telling mama, Hey, we're going to, I'm going to get out of medical school and we're going to, we're going to finally get a house so you don't have to work two jobs. And we're going to get here. It's like people get in a financial situation where it's like, Hey, I would like to speak up right here, student loans. but right. man, I got the student loan. Now we got, we got two new you know, cars, you know, we got a mortgage. It's like, I can't, you know, what am I going to do? Go back and live with your parents. If I, if I stand up here, mm-hmm. like, like, my point in that whole discussion is people will make compromises in financial bondage that they wouldn't make if they were in a place of financial freedom. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and the things Mm -hmm. that fulfill a desire can quickly become a handcuff that, that makes you do something you wouldn't have normally done. And I think we saw that on a big scale Mm -hmm. these last two, three years.
2: I think it was the test Mm
3: -hmm. quite
2: honestly. Because what's coming financially, uh, what they have to offer us with central bank digital currency is worse than COVID Mm. because it's complete command and control of everything that you spend your money on. Whether they like you or not, you can buy if they like you or they Mm. can sell if you you can't do anything without them giving you their blessing, Mm -hmm. right? This is what this is all about. See, and, and the reason I say that the COVID thing was a test is because they wanted to see how quickly the world would just bend over and take what they have, and so they to speak. Did. And they did. They did because of fear. Mm-hmm. And fear will cause you to make the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so this next time, here's where what they have to offer. And what they have to offer is, let me ask you three questions. How many people trust the government right now, globally? No, no,
1: nobody would honestly say they do.
2: Probably not many. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, it's the answer. probably not many. There's some that do, but most people don't. Yeah. How many people trust the banking system right now? Many. Probably even less. Yep. Less every day. Yeah. Less every day as banks are failing and failing. Mm-hmm. Well, what if the people that have the government-run digital bank, this is what they're bringing to us, have Their leaders have said, we have – this is programmable money and we have the ability to cut you off from buying or selling if we don't like your digital social profile. So now you've got a government-run digital bank that has promised to cut you off from buying or selling, keeping you from your money. That's a hard message to swallow. Nobody yep. would want that. Mm-hmm. That's in their right mind.
3: Mm-hmm. They,
2: they wouldn't. Nope. However, given a big enough crisis, even that would be attractive mm-hmm. because if you can't feed your family, if you can't pay your rent – if you can't pay your mortgage, if the only mechanism to get your Social Security or your government payments or Medicare or Medicaid was through this system, people would say, all right, if it means that I can't live you know, or pay my bills, all right, I'll, I'll take your system.
0: Man, that's so interesting that you say that because something that you said earlier jumped out at me because I've heard David say it several times. You were talking about working for a company that you no longer agreed or once you understood what they really stood for, you're like, I can't work anymore. And you said, they're not my source. God is my source. Yeah. And, you know, David has said that so many times in our life. You know, as a situation comes at me, I'll be like, oh, my gosh, I'll be taken back. What are we going to do? And they say, well, they're not. that's not my source anyway. God is our source. And you heard sometimes in the pandemic where somebody goes like, well, I work this job. And they said, I have to get the shot or they're not going to pay me anymore. And so I have to take the shot because what else am I going to do? Therefore, that job, that company became their source versus, okay, I'm not going to take the shot and I'll just trust God that something else is going to come along. And that goes right along with what you were saying right here. Who is your source? So even if we come across the CBDCs and it's like, that's the only way people are going to get Uh their Medicaid or get any of these things, is the government your source or is God your source? So even in saying no to this, is God going to take care of me then?
2: right and 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 I oh. wish I could say that people would be different mm-hmm. even when they know the potential outcome. Mm-hmm. They, sometimes they they don't act properly. look, look at Nigeria. Nigeria over the last two months, um, about mm, four or five months ago,. five percent of the population actually accepted and adopted their central bank digital currency because they're rolling it out now, just like America is and other countries. Yeah. Well, now, as of last week, 60% adoption. So they went from 05 to 60%, wow. m- the majority of their population. It's like, how in the world could how they do, they do that? that, right? The 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 answer is disgusting. It'll turn your stomach. They starved out their population. Where in Nigeria, you need $40 a week to live, to survive. Uh-huh. So they said $40 a month is your maximum withdrawal out of your bank account. Unless you go with the system, right? So it's like, all right. So they're starving them out. So this is how they can force compliance. So this is why I said, hungry people, man, hungry people, whatever. If 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 you can't get your social security, you can't get your Medicare, you can't get your government pension. If you're a military worker or or education, you know, school, state, federal, Mm -hmm. right? If you are taking government money, well, the only way for you to get it is through the FedNow app, which four big major money center banks are now unleashing to the public. And the Federal Reserve said this is going to actually be completely unveiled to small, medium and large banks by July of this year. Right. So so they're rolling it out. This is the FedNow app. Mm -hmm. And so you've got the central bank digital currency repository, which is your debit and credit system. It's your money that's tied to your digital social profile, which tells them that's you know some algorithm some computer somewhere Mm -hmm. determining david stacy we don't like who you give to we don't like the church that you give to we don't like your political party we don't like the kind of food you eat and your spending habits or we don't like the car that you drive because it doesn't get good enough gas mileage and your carbon footprint is too big Mm -hmm. right so they say no buying or selling for you right on certain things so so that's the Mm. where it's going but this is
0: already happening in china
2: it's already happening. Oh, yeah. It's oh, yeah. already happening in China. So I was thinking about this just this morning when I was talking mm-hmm. to you, and it's like, ooh, there's one other thing. What about your tax return? What about the, you know, you you get money back on your tax return mm-hmm. if you overpay? Well, that's a government thing. What if they just say, well, you're not getting your refund unless you use this app? So they could get almost get almost a hundred percent adoption yeah. of most mm-hmm. people. They say, I've got my money out there and they're not giving me back unless I get this FedNow app on my phone. It's like, I mean, so wow. it's easy. And, and as I was a kid, yeah. even as an adult, reading through the Bible, because I truly think, describe what I just said. The ability to cut you off from buying or selling unless you have this technological gizmo.
1: And, you know, the, OK, this sounds like the market. It does. I always would have thought that was impossible. And I used to read those verses as a kid. I'd be like,
0: how are they going to do that? Were well, they just
1: going to like see me and recognize me and not take my money? Yeah. Right. People are always going to want to take your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is like revelation 13. Yeah, like how 17. Are they going do that?
0: Yeah.
2: If, if this isn't it, I don't know what is
3: mm-hmm.
1: right.
2: The ability in their own words to cut you off from buying or selling if they don't like you. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So you've got that going on. It's like, was, I was reading through prophecies as a kid and as an adult. It's like, how in the world could the antichrist be a popular person? How could people actually like it when they would be They're so evil. blatant and evil yeah. and not allow you to buy or sell. It's like, who would want that? Right. Well, now it's like, well, I, I can see how this could yeah. happen, like really easily. Yeah. Because COVID actually showed the whole world how much people will give up yeah. their freedoms like that. Yeah. For something that's
3: and Weird. be
0: angry at other people when they're not. Like I yeah. can remember, you know, when people weren't getting the vaccine, and other people that were getting the vaccine, they were like, "Well, don't take care of them. Take care of the people in the hospital that did get the vaccine. The other people, they should—they're off by themselves." You know, I mean, they pe- people turn pretty darn fast. Yeah, Jimmy when Kimmel, you like, hey, if you're having a heart order.
1: attack and you didn't get the vaccine, let them sit in the parking lot and die.
0: Yeah, I mean, you I mean, got, Jimmy Kimmel saying this that. on his show,
1: like, if you didn't get it, then you kind of deserve to die. But not even yeah. just
0: famous people like that—you would hear that from just. A normal person on the street, you know, hey, they didn't get the vaccine. Somebody,
1: the we, somebody didn't have a mask on. They're Costco. They were spraying with yeah. mace, you know, yeah. and chasing them around. Just like you know, you know people kind of, kind of get it weird with turned all turned
0: pretty fast. There's They're two tur- things. There's yeah. two things
1: happening right now that that kind of alert me to that whole situation. One, uh, with these FBI whistleblowers coming out talking about the relationship between Bank of America, specifically after January 6th, and uh, the federal government. There was over three million inquiries into private citizens going through their bank records that the banks just fully like the the relationship behind the scenes between the FBI, the federal government, and the banks are is like seamless.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They're, they're totally like, hey, what do you want to know about private citizens? Mm-hmm. They they don't have privacy. All of their transactions are 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 freely available to whatever you want to know, Mr. Government.
3: Mm-hmm. You know?
1: And then number two, the thing that's kind of alerting me on this situation is when, you, when we're seeing these banks, we've had, you know, the Silicon Valley Bank uh, collapse. And when Republic Bank uh, uh, Chase swept in and gobbled them up right away. So it, it, it seems to me uh, like where uh, every time a little, a, a little fish dies, a big one's going to eat them. So maybe eventually we're dealing with like only four fish in the whole ocean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of easy. There's less, you know, less moves. Yeah. You know, for people to make probably is kind of the the goal there. It's like, well, where else would I I if I if I were to leave Wells Fargo, Chase, Bank of America, you know, where,
2: where would I where there? would I even go? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, you've got a lot of small independent bank owners, mm-hmm. little mom and pops who aren't going to like this system. Mm-hmm. They're not going to like central bank digital currency. Right. It, it, it rubs them wrong like it does us. Yeah. Right. So it's hard let's say you're a shepherd in this field and you've got thousands of sheep that you are watching over and you've got some that are drinking out of the river you've got some that are chasing butterflies some that are jumping <laughs> off cliffs some that are being chased by wolves or coyotes right yeah. it's like man I've got all i can't corral everything yep but if you only had six or seven sheep it's real easy to watch them mm-hmm. so this is the all the consolidation that's happening in the financial services mm-hmm. world Big banks are buying up middle banks. Middle banks are buying up small banks, right? So in the end, it's just going to be just Mm -hmm. a small number, easy to crowd, easy for them to be in cahoots with each other to bring in a new system. But this whole concept of consolidation is not just in the financial world. Mm -hmm. We're seeing it politically, like with the BRICS nations. You've got countries willing to give up a portion of their national sovereignty or all of it to be part of a larger yeah. collective yeah. union. And they're doing it quick. Mm-hmm. And they're doing it quick because they want that power. They want to be part of a winning team. So there's consolidation politically. Mm-hmm. There's consolidation financially. There's consolidation in media as well. in mm-hmm. messaging. Because if your message isn't uh, in lockstep with what the globalist agenda message is, well, off with your head, look what Fox did
1: to Tucker Carlson. Yep. What does her Glenn Beck say this morning on his, his broadcast? Since the day Tucker left, Glenn Beck's show on the Blaze has rated higher than Fox News. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's amazing! And yeah, and and, and he's not the only one. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's many out there. You know, that are and that kind of growth, the kind of growth that we're having. Mm-hmm. You know, to be in two years and be getting millions of downloads a month, it's like people that that's the alternative is is mm-hmm. is rising. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's that consolidation is because of the consolidation at the top because. I, I, when 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 Tucker left and and uh, Don Lemon was let like, go, oh, I was like, Don Lemon with a little bit of PR grease could probably do something on Fox. He yeah, might he, he mi- easily he might could there. be on the Five, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. <laughs> I could never see Tucker being able to say the things he was saying and be accepted on CNN. No, no,
0: he's not even accepted on Fox.
1: And so, and so they're they're quickly like those two were moving there, and, and like Tucker was pushed to the side, but Don could have stayed where he was and just shift it over, I mean, he could make it on Fox. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be a big stretch. We've not watched him a minute since the day Tucker left. Mm-mm. You know, and I think a lot of others are the same. I can't believe the number of people I talked to the Reawaken America events that have gotten rid of cable. They're like, I really had cable because of this. If I'm watching not watching Tucker. that, I'll just, I'll just go to the streaming services only, and they're just getting rid of cable. Mm-hmm. Especially anybody that's like 50 and under. hmm you know, is like, why, why do I even, it's a little bit like having a landline. It's like, why do I have this anymore? Like the last two times we moved, I never really used the landline, but it seems like what you do when you get it, when you move into a new house, you get mm-hmm. your phone line connected, but we didn't use it at the last house. Maybe I'll get rid of it here. You know, that's how people right. are feeling about cable, direct TV, all of it.
3: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: and if you talk to people who are in media,
2: friends of ours, Laura Logan, Christy Lee, um, April Moss, right? They're all come and, and basically they were silenced for speaking truth. Yep. The, there is con- There's been consolidation in messaging for a long time in media. Now it's just more prevalent. But everything in society is consolidating into one. And when you look at even in the financial world, it goes one step further. And the World Bank came out with their central bank digital currency token three weeks ago called mm-hmm. the Unicoin. So that's like the bank of banks, mm-hmm. right? It's the World Bank. So now I think you're going to have these these – National like the Fed now app here at the Federal Reserve. You've got the the BRICS nations. Mm-hmm. You've got the European Union, and I think they're all going to start to ultimately. This is my theory. Funnel into the World Bank's Unicoin, mm-hmm. okay, and have one global currency with just a few um, feeders. You know the the big countries' central bank mm-hmm. digital currencies, and then that's the that's the complete. Um. Loss of freedom, mm-hmm. loss of privacy, because it's now a global entity currency.
0: So I have to ask you then, um, I mean, how do people protect themselves? So they're hearing this and they're like, man, I'm on Medicare. I got this. I got that. What, what do I do, you know, in a situation like this? Because it's overwhelming and it seems pretty hopeless.
3: Yeah. Here,
2: here's where there is hope in this, though, because I don't want people to hear the story and think, oh, my word, all
1: hope is lost. Right. No, it's not. I mean, well, that's what you got. I was going point out again. I mentioned this earlier, but. The title, the first word is thriving. Thriving. Yeah. The, yeah. the word isn't like dying in the economic tsunami. <laughs> yeah, like you're you're acknowledging there's an economic tsunami. Yeah, but your title but is thriving. You're talking about right.
0: Thriving. Which, by the way, you can get on Amazon. That's the best place to get the book. Is mm-hmm. that right is Amazon. Yeah, just right go now. To Amazon. Thriving.
1: Available wherever yeah, you buy your books. Tsunami. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah, but incredible, and it's and it's nice and thin. This is one of those books, that, and it does have pictures. You could buzz through it pretty quick, oh, yeah. and then feel really good about yourself, like you know. Wow, I read a, I read a whole book this week, you know, and uh, tell your friends I've re- already read one book this week. We're yeah, talking exactly. about but it's a fast fun read. Yeah. Well,
2: it it is fast and it's meant for you know people who don't understand the precious metals world. Yeah. A to Z. How do you do a precious metals IRA? How do you buy gold? How do you buy silver? Understanding inflation, understanding different comparative asset classes, mm-hmm. like stocks, bonds, mutual funds, real estate. When is the time to go into them? When is it time to not? Yep. All of that's covered in that book, right? Yep. So so here's where you know, is – is and Stacey, you and I were talking about this briefly earlier. Um, when we read through Revelation and Mark of the Beast and Central Bank Digital Currency, mm-hmm. what does it say about that in God's word? It doesn't say that it's the only game in town.
0: This is such a great point.
2: Yeah, it, it says that if you should not take the Mark of the Beast, right? right? Don't buy or sell. There's, there's bad results that come from that, mm-hmm. right? But it doesn't say it's the only thing. It just says don't do it. Mm -hmm. So I think what's going to happen is because God will never give us more than what we can handle, right? He is going to always create opportunities for us to thrive. Mm -hmm. And that means we have freedom to make choices. That's one of the things. God doesn't create a bunch of robots. Right. He created us with freedom of Mm -hmm. choice, right? So... Yeah. I think central bank digital currency, as it comes, they're going to make it hard to not accept it.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: They're going to say, "Okay, if you want your tax return, get it.
3: They're Mm going to say,
2: if you want your pension, if you want this, that, then you have to have this. It's like, man, it's really inconvenient to not do it. Even if you look at this year's tax return, look at the tax form from this year. And it has all these questions on digital currency. Have you ever traded in Bitcoin or, or other mm-hmm. any kind of cryptocurrency? Have you received payment? Have you given payment? Do you invest in it? Have, I mean, mm-hmm. and don't mess up. And don't screw up. <laughs> Boy, it, exactly. Because <laughs> if you do, the penalties are severe. It's big, yeah. I was mean,
0: like, oh my God, oh, I, I, I got
2: a, language. What, yeah. what, if, what if I miss something, right? What's going right. to happen? But yet, yeah, if you have a central bank digital currency, they already know everything about you. You don't have to fill out all these questions, right? It's because. Mm-hmm everything is known. Decentralized cryptocurrency is what they want to demonize. Centralized is what they want everybody into. Mm -hmm. And that's complete loss of freedom and privacy. So of course, you don't have to fill out all that stuff if you have that because they already know. Right. So they're going to make it real easy and convenient to accept their thing and difficult to go someplace else. But nothing good in life is ever easy. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You know, people, Mm. people don't, reach their final destination with success by mistake yeah right yeah. right yeah. nobody ever it's in, anything
0: your lawn's your not accidentally
1: green mm-hmm.
0: You're married. your marriage isn't, isn't going to
1: accidentally be incredible yeah. your kids yeah. aren't going to necessarily grow up and know how to use a fork and eat with their mouth closed accidentally you know it's like everything takes some intentionality
2: yeah. yeah i mean and i've had people calling me crying after they've heard a show it's like the mark of the beast i can't believe it's here i don't i don't what are we gonna do? I don't. I don't want to die. I don't want to take it. I don't want to. Blah blah blah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like no 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 no. It's not. I think there's gonna be more than one option because God loves us too much. Yep. Right? So He's gonna give us a choice. Mm-hmm. Not no. that the choice is easy. Like in in following Jesus. Right? He he just never said that following Jesus was gonna be easy. Right? He said it was gonna be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. In our eternity. Yep. So, and people will come against you
3: mm-hmm.
1: all the time. Or they're going to come without sacrifice.
0: Yeah. You
1: right.
3: Know, is is, is it be
0: persecution. Is
1: being married beneficial? Absolutely. Was, was this yes, a no? Said so yes, I'm going to say no to every other woman in the whole world.
0: Yeah. Thank you, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> and you say yes to
1: this one. You know, you say yes to, you know, you, every yes is a no. Yeah.
0: You yeah. know,
1: and if you don't calculate and weigh in that, that everything can't be all yeses and that every mm-hmm. yes is a no, you don't, you know. It's not. Is it something easy? Is is it worth it? Right. Is it worth exactly mm-hmm. right? It's, it's like, man. It's. It, I think investing in your marriage is the best value in the world. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to even like ROI from a financial spreadsheet standpoint, you know, I mean, it, it makes the most sense mm-hmm. if you want to have a long, productive, financially productive mm-hmm. life. Work on your marriage. That's been mm-hmm. of the best financial tips I can give people. Invest in your marriage heavily. Go on dates once a week. It's like it's like it's not very romantic. It's like oh, because that'll give me that no. No, it means you're not going to be losing half of your stuff. And it means you're not going to be like half, you know, walking out the door in a fight every morning, going to work, and you're not as productive because your heart's broke Mm -hmm. every day. You know, it's like, how about take care of that first and then branch out? You Mm -hmm. know, it's like financial tip. So like, these are all, it's not, is it easy? Is it, is it, is it, is it worth it? Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of options God gives us, you know, walking, you know, man, you got to pick up your cross and follow Christ. Well, that's Mm -hmm. not easy. Boy, is it worth it? Yeah. So totally. Almost always,
2: almost always. It's very easy to make the wrong decision. It's very hard to make the right
3: one, Mm.
2: right? It's just, it's just weird how it happens that way. But even, you know, in in investing, uh, look, people look at their ROI. You just talked about that. I would encourage people to look at your E ROI, your eternal return on investment, right? And how, what you're building into other people, right? So it's just a difference in, in mindset. But As as the central bank digital currency is concerned, there's going to be other choices, whether it's using silver as barter, whether there's a gold-backed currency, whether there's some kind of other cryptocurrency that rises up or maybe a quantum financial system that a lot of people are talking about. I don't know. Mm -hmm. All I know is that I don't think there's going to be just one game in town because there's no choice in that. Mm -hmm. God likes us to have a choice so we can then decide. And he can and we can either be blessed or not by our own choices. Right. Mm So so people who are calling me crying, it's like, I I, I can't believe that I'm alive when there might be the mark of the visa scares me. It scares the living daylights out of me. It's like, don't be scared. Right. Right. I think there is going to be a choice Mm -hmm. and you just have to choose properly. Mm -hmm. Don't choose the easy path, Mm
3: -hmm. you know, the
2: nice wide path. So uh, choose the narrow one. Mm -hmm. Choose the one that's harder that's less convenient, mm-hmm. but it's going to be so much more beneficial, just like what you said,
1: David. So let's talk mm-hmm. a little that's bit good. about, about actually gold and silver. And, and uh, I want to kind of paint this context here for a second, because you're kind of known as like gold and silver guy, but you could be doing anything. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, if I could come to you with any kind of it, like, you know, you could you could advise me investing and go a million different directions. Um, but, but I, I guess before we go there, let's just kind of go back to even like money, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe even like, a thousand years ago, eight hundred years ago, two thousand years ago, like people have always needed, you know. Okay, well, you've you've got uh, a goat. I'll trade you twelve chickens or something. You know, there's like this, but it's kind of inconvenient. And so this idea of of okay, I have a net worth of X amount of of whatever, but it was always weighed in, in gold or silver or something valuable because it was tangible. Mm-hmm. You know, they like. You know, wooden coins, you know, weren't probably going to be, you know, valuable, you know, because they just they're all over the place. So so gold and silver. But it was inconvenient for travel and carrying around with the going to come along with a baseball bat and bam, took all your net worth. Right. You know, <laughs> and it's kind of heavy to carry, Right. And so so the idea of like I'm in Kansas City and if I was going to go to, to, to St. Louis, you know, for a trip, I can't take all my money with me. So I might take my gold and silver and I, I give it to an institution and they'd probably give me a piece of paper. And when I get to St. Louis and say, this guy's good. This guy's solid for, you know, X amount of units of whatever, because they're promising this guy in St. Louis that they're holding gold and silver for me or something of value. You know, is that kind of basically how kind of money came along? And then you got these old promissory notes of, of I can't carry the gold with me, mm-hmm. but I, I need something that says, you know, okay, here, hereby says it's got, Kirk seal. Kirk says, I'm good for this amount of money. And if I'm short, Kirk will back it up. Right. You know, some version of that. And then we've just kind of been jockeying with that all along to kind of end up where we are today. And everybody, we've always had these fiat currencies because it's easier to carry around, but none of them work
2: out long-term. They, they don't mm-hmm. work out long-term and, and currency is just a means of exchange. That's all that it is. So to have something that qualifies as a currency it has to be small, portable, valuable, scarce, and something that other people would recognize. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all it is. So it could be beads. Um, you could use bullets as currency. You could use vodka as currency. It might not be convenient, but it's. it could be portable. You can carry it mm-hmm. around. Other people recognize what it is, right? So you could use a lot of stuff for currency. This is like a barter economy. Mm-hmm. So, But that becomes confusing because everything is different. It, one day, some guy might say, Well, yeah, you can have five dozen eggs for one bottle of vodka, but the next day it's like, I don't need any more vodka. I just got it. So today, five dozen eggs is going to be a 72 bullets because I'm out. Mm -hmm. Or the next day it could be, "Uh, I don't need any of that, but give me, you're a farmer. Give me like a a five gallon pail of grain for these eggs. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's exchange, but it becomes really awkward. So this is where coinage came into play way back thousands and thousands of years ago, right? Well, that becomes heavy. And in society, we start looking for convenience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Just like we are now. Sure. So, so that barter's type weird stuff turned into coins, coins turned into paper dollars, paper dollars turned into credit yep. cards, credit cards turn into a digital thing or a chip on your hand or anything else, right? <laughs> yeah. It just becomes getting easier and easier and easier yep. and easier. So, this is where we're headed.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So it got, it's come to a point though now, the easier something gets and everything changed in 1944. Well, actually everything changed in the early 1900s with the Federal Reserve Act
0: mm-hmm. Okay,
2: here in America. You know, Wait, Central it's the Federal Reserve
0: not even part of the government, is that
2: right? No, it's not federal nor is it reserve. <laughs> it's, good, it's good branding <laughs> yeah. though, yeah, good marketing. No I mean it's a good name for what they want it to. Yeah, because it creates for, this image of like, oh, well – Federal Federal yeah. Reserve, that sounds like yeah, yeah, they got money backing the country and it's part of the government. It's like right. neither is mm-hmm. true. It's basically a cartel owning seven families that own this and they 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 tricked the the Congress into saying, Oh yeah, let's pass the Federal Reserve mm-hmm. Act and we'll print the money and and charge the government interest, the US Treasury interest to print the money. It's like, wait a second, it's like the best gig ever. That's a sweet right. racket right there. Yeah, yeah, because now they're all worth trillions of dollars, right? The I mean, imagine. The 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 bankers that own the Federal Reserve and keep printing money out of thin air, yeah. keep mm. charging the U.S. government interest, which is us, yeah, right. So so that changed everything for America. Then, but it, it, before that, we were backed by gold. We had a currency that was backed by gold, mm-hmm. and you could interchangeably use one ounce of gold or a twenty-dollar bill. And the key is, what would it buy you, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the insidious hidden tax of inflation that I'm okay. about to describe. So so back in the 1920s, one ounce of gold has a $20 face value on it. Okay. Or a $20 bill. You could go to Sears. You could go to the bank. You could do whatever you wanted to, whatever was around Either back way. then. Get a finely tailored men's suit, a shirt, a tie, a belt, and shoes, right? That's what that would buy you. But you fast forward to today, 20 bucks, You can't even get a pair of socks. Mm-mm. Right. I mean, nope. seriously. Yeah. Uh, but but the one ounce of gold at close to $2,000 an ounce still gets you the, this the, the, the shirt, tie, belt, shoes, suit, right? Mm-hmm. It maintained its purchasing power. So first and foremost, gold is an insurance policy against an inflationary collapsing currency. But we got rid of that backing for mm-hmm. the Federal Reserve because it was cumbersome. They wanted to print more money. They wanted to make more money because it was racket. So then they just printed, printed, printed without discretion. But you could still exchange gold for international settlements until 1971 when Nixon closed that window too, because we owed France a bunch of money and France said, we want it paid back in gold. Mm. Mm. And a lot of people blame Nixon for the inflation we have today because he said, nah, I'm closing the gold window. We don't even have to have that anymore. Well, I understand why he did it. He said, "No, we're not going to give you our valuable gold. We're going to give you our stinking currency, mm-hmm. right?" So I get why he did it, but when he closed that gold window altogether, it changed things. So now there's no tangible backing until 1973. So in 1973, the petrodollar emerged, okay. and we're now tr- we're now back basically the world's reserve currency. That's we we're, we're basically settling all oil settlements in U.S. dollars, built in demand for our currency. Okay, so that means if Brazil's buying oil from Russia, well, they they're paying for it in U.S. dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, with the emergence of the BRICS nations now over the last year, mm-hmm. they're dismantling that.
1: Which is Brazil, Russia, India, India, China, South Africa, China, South Africa, and yep. there's maybe a dozen more that have joined. Not like more like twenty or thirty that
2: are wow. now petitioning
1: because well, just those original five—that's like forty-one
2: percent of the world. Yeah. yeah and now it's now it's we're pushing 60, 70 percent of the world with all the other countries. So why does this matter? They want to change the, the BRICS nations want to be the world's reserve currency because look what it did to America. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it created this great economy, this great country. But it also created a bunch of debt because we squandered it. Yep. Right. right. We squandered our time in the sun. But you can't just step up to the mic and say, oh, uh, I'm President G from China and we want to be the world's reserve currency. Doesn't work that way. You have to have a strong military, you have to have a strong economy, you have to have a strong political clout behind mm-hmm. you. Well, individually as those countries, none of them have it, but collectively they do. So first framework completed. Second framework in the financial world, for something to be born, something needs to die.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: So they're now killing the US dollars, the petrodollar, with all these bilateral trade agreements between Brazil and China, between India, Saudi Arabia, and Russia, between India and Russia between uh, Poland and Russia, between Italy and Russia. Now Japan is dealing with Russia and instead of the G7 nations. I mean, all of this dismantling of oh, demand, yeah. which means we still have expenses. We still have entitlements. We still have to raise the debt ceiling. So we're going to have to print our way out of it. So now our currency keeps being devalued, 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 devalued. Inflation, they raise interest rates to slow that down. All of this goes to currencies ultimately die. Mm-hmm. So we're at the point where nobody wants our currency anymore because we've had to print our way out of it so much it devalues it, it's now viewed as monopoly money. And so what are they coming in with? The knight on a shiny white horse coming in to save the day a central bank digital currency, and I'm telling you that won't do anything other than make matters worse because they're not fixing the problem. Central bank digital currency is a digital version of paper money, but it's easier to create digital money Cause still with paper money, it has to. You have to make the paper, put it in the printing press, put ink on it, cut it, wrap it with the band, and give it to the banks. Mm-hmm. There's a process. Where digital money, to create a trillion dollars in paper, it's hard. To create a trillion dollars on paper, it, it's just few. Fug- add yeah, the zeros,
1: add ad zeros. Mm-hmm. So, so people are thinking they're okay. I'm going to start saving more. I'm going to get ahead. You know, they're putting money, you know, in a, in a shoebox, whether it's mm-hmm. your savings account at your bank, which is vulnerable to the bank, or in a literal shoebox, you know, in your mm-hmm. mattress. The question I would have is, if you could go back to 1920, you get a time machine, Back to the Future. We just watched the Michael Michael mm-hmm. J. Fox documentary the other night. It's pretty cool. Um, made me think, like, okay, if you had, if you if you had a DeLorean, you're going to go back to 1920, and you could bring something back. Would you bring back twenty dollar bills or one ounce chunks of silver?
0: Bring back the silver. Gold, bring back baby. the silver <laughs> or gold. Yeah,
1: because because you bring it back. Hey, I got a twenty dollar bill. What's it worth? A pair of socks. Hey, I got an ounce of silver. I can still buy a men's suit.
2: So amounts uh, yeah.
1: of gold, like could buy a yeah. men's suit. If, if you could go back to 1940, which would you bring back? You'd bring back one ounces of silver. Uh, I would or still gold. bring back mm-hmm. silver and gold. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you had a briefcase full of of, of one ounce silver coins or uh, gold coins or a briefcase full of $20 bills, you'd definitely bring back the gold. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though in 1920, they're worth the same amount.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: in today, if you go back to 1950, which would you do? 1960, Thanks. 1970. Mm-hmm. If you could go back to an hour ago. Which would you bring back? You would always bring back the gold. so mm-hmm. so if you would never go back in time, whether five minutes or 50 years ago, and try to get the paper money, why would you try to accumulate the paper money now?
0: Because I mean, it's, you, it's falling apart. I mean it's pretty obvious well, it's because, not going to be worth anything.
2: And but people are tricked. Mm-hmm. People have been brainwashed into thinking, oh, and I and I get this question all the time too, or this statement. It's like, Kirk, I've heard you on TV a bunch. And I got out of stocks and I got out of bonds and I'm just sitting with my money in cash in the bank, just sitting on the sideline. but because they think that that's safe because people have this weird vision of banks, you know, this big marble edifice building and this big vault door and you open it up and all these stacks of hundreds come flying out. That's not the reality. The reality is since March of 2020, banks have zero, zero. The Federal Reserve through Regulation D said banks don't have to keep anything on hand. So, the the bank failures that we're seeing now didn't just start. They started in March of 2020 because the Federal Reserve said zero has to be held back. Means when you write checks or you pull money out of your savings account, Mm -hmm. well, there's technically they don't have to have anything there. So, it doesn't take too much to have a run on the banks. Okay. This is where it starts to get a little bit creepy, right? Because what do banks invest in? Banks invest in the same thing that those clients that are telling me I got out and I'm sitting in cash, they invest in the exact same thing. They're investing in stocks, bonds, real estate, mutual funds. They're investing in the same things. Mm-hmm. But you
1: think that it's sitting in cash. It's not. You picture pallets of cash at your bank back behind a big door. You walk in there right. and it's like there's, there's pallets of everybody's money is just sitting there. And if you need some, they'll go back and get it for you.
2: Correct. Mm-hmm. So this is the fallacy of, of banking. It's not as safe as people would think. And so this is why we've we've got more problems coming because they didn't fix the problem. Right. They, they actually made the zero percent reserve requirement permanent. It's like, Kirk, why would anybody actually do something so stupid as to have zero percent reserve requirement? They do that to stimulate the economy. They did that during covid because if banks don't have to keep even ten dollars of every hundred dollars you deposit back, they can use it all to invest. Sure. They can lend it out and make more money or do mm-hmm. whatever. That's a mechanism to stimulate the economy, but things went south mm-hmm. because of Biden's economy and his magnificent economic plan for America, right? He's
1: trying to stop inflation, man. Yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, but but people, <laughs> low wages are going down, inflation's going up, it's cost of borrowing's better. going up, taxes are going up, right? All of that. Yeah. So people are pulling money out of the banks and it's not there. So it's really, really easy to have a run on the banks. So here's a weird thought that I had the other day as I was thinking Mm -hmm. it's like back in the in the early 1900s the government confiscated gold and i get this question Mm -hmm. kirk are they going to confiscate gold again it's like no i don't think that they are because only two percent of the population owns gold only 0.9 percent owns silver it's not enough for them to be concerned about but time and place in history gold backed the currency back right it was actually the currency and and roosevelt wanted to actually after world war one I mean, the U.S. economy was bankrupt. They're broke. So it's like, well, we have to issue war bonds. Nobody wanted the war bonds because they had gold. It's like, well, fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to force the issue. We're going to confiscate people's gold. So you have to invest in war bonds. That's why it went away. Mm-hmm. But what happened? The government ran out of money. So they confiscated people's money. See, gold Man. was people's money wow. back then. Today, people don't have gold as money. They have their bank accounts yeah. as money. So I was thinking, there's a run on the banks. So if they want to fix the run on the banks, how about you just suspend withdrawals on people's checking accounts? It's the same thing as confiscating Mm -hmm. gold because that was currency back then. Mm -hmm. But now they can stop the run on the banks. But you would have the biggest riots, looting, protesting ever if you cause people to not be able to get to their money in the bank. Mm -hmm. But I think that's what's coming. I think they will suspend withdrawals from banks to stop bank runs just like they're doing in France. France, the government ran out of money. And they, they extended the retirement age, so now people can't retire, and there's riots, looting, protests, in you know, blood in the streets. Mm-hmm. And so as the government runs out of money here, why not suspend withdrawals from bank accounts to save the banking system? Why not raise the retirement age here? Why not do other austerity measures mm-hmm. and, and reduce benefits, which is all stuff that's being talked about as we speak?
0: Well, that's why we're even hearing. Like I've heard some people say, "Hey, you know, they went to their bank try to get out ten thousand dollars out of their bank, and then then the banker asked them a lot of questions. Well, why? What are you taking it out for? Well, you'll need to come back tomorrow. That's already kind of happening a little bit on a small scale. You know, people just even want to take out ten thousand dollars out of their bank account.
2: Well, they're they're treating you like a criminal.
0: Yeah, for your own money. If
2: if you had a couple thousand dollars in hundred dollar bills or twenties. And you go deposit it in the bank, they'll say, where'd you get this? Right. Yeah. It's like, well, it's the legal tender of the land. I've got cash. I mean, it's not like it's a criminal act to own cash. It's still the legal tender. But they're treating you like a criminal. Well, if you want cash out, A, they might not have it. But B, they're going to go through the whole, what are you going to use this for?
0: for? Why
2: don't you just use your debit card? It's like, I don't want it. I'm going on vacation. I need cash case. My debit card is broken. The machine's broke. Whatever. Well, they treat you like a criminal. Mm-hmm. They have to because they need to reduce money from the money supply in preparation for a digital currency. You can't have both. It's almost like you can't serve two masters, yep. right? Yeah. So so they're getting rid of paper currency because it's private. You can't tax private transactions if people don't report it. So they're trying to get rid of that whole mm-hmm. system in exchange for something where everything is completely transparent. Everything is
1: known. Everything is taxable. That's where we're headed. Last little word of encouragement. You know, we said thriving at the Mm -hmm. beginning, thriving in the economic tsunami. We've talked a lot from everything from like reaping and sowing to principles. we talked about the 70, 10, 10, 10. We've talked about all these ideas. What do you see for A, potentially America thriving? We don't have a ton of control over that. We pray for it. But then B, two-tiered question what's advice you have for the people listening to thrive as we wrap up?
2: I don't see really bright days for America in the near future. I think it gets darker before it gets lighter, but I do think that it gets lighter. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like we've talked about in earlier shows, um, I I believe central bank digital currency is probably the mark of the beast, but yet I don't think that it's going to be the only game in town. So, as we thrive, simply put, if you want to have a maximized future, maximize every day. Identify the trends that are going up and get into them as soon as you can. Identify the ones that are going down and get out of them as soon as you can. That's what we help people do, right? But but, Holy Spirit will guide you when you pray about it. I mean, the James tells us, if you lack wisdom, ask for it. Mm-hmm. God will give it to you. He's a generous father. He gives abundantly. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he gives more than what you ask for, mm-hmm.
1: right? Because that's his nature. So, so, was Jesus' brother, by the way. Right. You know, I mean, you got to keep that in context. I mean, he's speaking with some confidence. Yep. Yeah. He's
2: seen it, he experienced Mm -hmm. it. Right. And so, so I I do think it's going to get darker. We're going to see some economic turmoil. But Jesus told us it's not necessarily mm, comfortable going to be following me, just going to be beneficial.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Right. The hard choices, make hard choices. Don't be, afraid of making the hard choices. And and just watch what God starts to do. But I think we need to have community of like-minded people around mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. We need to pray like our life depends on it because it, it always does. Um, we have to focus on the solution rather than the storm. Because if you focus on the storm, you're gonna be gripped with fear and paralyzed by yep. it. Focus on the solution, you'll have a smile on your face. Mm. See, all of this is part of a thriving mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but financially, you know, this is what primarily what, what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, it's pretty easy right now. Um, in the past, there was all kinds of options, Mm -hmm. stocks, bonds, mutual funds during the Trump years, Reagan years, they all did great. Real estate did great during that time. Now with rising interest rates, rising taxes, rising inflation, lowering wages, the only thing that makes sense. And, and I hate to be a one trick pony, but it really is the only thing that makes sense are tangible assets like gold and silver. And I would do silver. So financially I would go into precious metals for this time,
3: mm-hmm. you
2: know, for such a time as this, at some point we'll sell lock in our profits, go into something else. Now, during this time you were going to see political chaos. And this is where we're through Holy spirit guidance. Don't believe everything that you hear,
3: mm-hmm. right? No, There's a important.
2: lot of stuff out there that this is going to happen. That's going to happen. And, and, the word tells us, you know, in, in these times, there's going to be a lot of people that are saying things that aren't true.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Have wisdom and discernment and guidance to, to sift through that. Because, oh man, I've got people that call me every day who think the world is ending tomorrow. Mm. Mm-hmm. The world is not ending tomorrow. No. Might get bad, might be better.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But it's not ending tomorrow. It's just changing. Mm-hmm. It's just changing. Mm-hmm. You know, when the Roman Republic fell did the people go away? No.
3: Mm-mm. Is
2: Italy still there as a landmass? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. It's just not the Roman Republic. It's now Italy. Right. Right. And and other nations around it that, mm-hmm. I mean, so it's different. Are, are we still going to be around? Yes. Is America collapsing? Well, yeah, I don't know how it looks in the future, but we will still be here. We're still going to have neighbors that need Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're still going to have a light to shine. And the darker the world gets, the less light that it needs to light it up, right? Right. Yeah. You don't have to be this amazing, bold, courageous, um, great orator. You don't mm-hmm. have to be a public speaker. You don't. You just have to love your neighbor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, and that's it. So, anyways, I, I think this is how you can start to thrive, is by helping your neighbors and being that that voice of hope mm-hmm. when people need it. Um, and for us. There, there is hope in your finances, mm-hmm. and we're helping people get to that point. Um, but God needs a willing bride
3: mm-hmm.
2: that wants to serve, and that wants to bless, and that wants to give, and that's what this is all
1: about. I love well, I, it. I thank you for writing this book. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how you get done everything that you get done. I uh, neither, neither do I. I, know, <laughs> I, I really it's don't. Crazy. Uh, between you know, you have kids. You got Joe. You got Ted you know, your, your Cavapoo. Yeah. Uh, he's we, a sweet little guy. He he's sweet. But he's kind of the boss uh, yeah, he around he, there. I'm, he thinks he rules the roost. Yeah. 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 And, and, <laughs> but you took time to write thriving and economic tsunami flower family. I strongly encourage you to go out, get a copy of this book and not mm-hmm. just one, but get one for people that you know and care about. Not because like, I, I, I know you, you, how book business works. You're not like pretending on like a, you're going to, uh, be padding your pockets in the future through book sales right Th- no. that is not it's a it's like a business card it's just you want mm-hmm. these out there but it's full of a lot of ideas yeah. that are going to help you and the people around you when you got people that are fearful get this book in their hands because it's not denying there is a tsunami coming jamie diamond says that mm-hmm. of chase bank and we started with that but if you want to thrive in the economic tsunami the tips are in here it's full of wisdom uh advanced and basic mm-hmm economic information from a double PhD. Thanks for taking the time to write this because you're putting the information in people's hands. Then they're empowered to run
0: with it, which eliminates fear. And then Flyover Family, you can go to flyovergold.com. It's a landing page, great information. When you scroll down to the bottom, there's a place you can fill out your information. When you do that, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you to help answer questions that you have. It's absolutely free. Help you make the best decisions for your family so you can sleep at night. Or you can also call 720 605 3900. Do it today. Don't wait. I promise you, you're going to be thankful for it. Kirk, thank you so much for joining us today. It's my
2: pleasure. Thank you. We really
0: appreciate it. This has been a blast. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what am I going to do about my finances?
1: You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how in 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit.